Hi, you're listening to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast, episode 71, hosted by me, Robert Plotkin. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Ashley Sumner, the CEO and co-founder of Quilt, an app that allows women anywhere to spark offline conversations that bring community together in a fun, safe, and intimate way. You can find out more about Ashley at wearequilt.com. I'm extremely pleased to welcome Ashley Sumner to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. In the interview that you're about to hear with Ashley Sumner, you're going to learn a lot about how she and her organization, Quilt, help people to use technology to connect with each other face-to-face in the real world. And if you want more of that in your life, of course, I encourage you to check out Quilt and to listen to the interview. And in addition, it got me thinking about other ways that we can all help ourselves to use technology to connect with each other face-to-face. And so I thought about an exercise which could potentially just become more of a regular habit, which is to, whenever you find yourself using your smartphone to message with someone or communicate with anyone else digitally, to get yourself in the mindset of thinking and ask yourself, is there a way I can use this communication to facilitate meeting with this person face-to-face? or Could I be meeting with this person face-to-face instead? How often are you at home messaging with a family member who's in the next room or sitting right next to you? (laughs) Could you instead talk to that person face-to-face? Bring some mindfulness to to the messaging while you're engaged with it. Step back and ask yourself that. Or if you are communicating with someone by text, would this be better, more effective, more connecting form of communication by phone or by video conference or in person to really draw your attention to ways in which you could select a different form of communicating that moves you more in the direction of face-to-face or a, a full holistic kind of interaction with someone else the ultimate of which, of course, face-to-face, right with someone. But there are gradations of that with technology. Personally, in recent years, I've really come to love video conferencing when it's not possible for me to meet with someone face-to-face because we can share all of that body language and tone. And it feels to me often like much more of a, a satisfying, real, full communication than phone or text or email. So this is my suggestion. Uh, See if you can find ways to bring your attention to your your digital communication to see how can you make that communication be in service of face-to-face live communication or some other form of, of online interaction that brings more of your whole self and of the other person's self to that interaction. Hope you find it useful. As with all these tips, experiment with it. See how well it works for you, and you'll probably come up with your own variations. And then let us know what you find. We'd love to uh, hear from you so that we can all share what we learn uh, and find helpful with each other. And on that note, I think you're really going to enjoy this upcoming interview with Ashley Sumner of Quilt. Quilt. 
Hi, Ashley, and welcome to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. You're welcome. It's great to have you here. I'd love to talk to you about what you're doing to connect people in the real world through technology. And maybe you could get started by just telling people about Quilt and particularly what motivated you to start this project. Personally, what motivated me is is kind of I've always had an obsession with people with like coming together in person, making eye contact, you know, even I think I'm still in the millennial range, but the the rise of social media and kind of this like digitally driven society never really perfectly landed with me. And so I became quite obsessed with what it would look like to bring anywhere from kind of two to 15 people together over the course of my 20s. And, you know, I had a career that spanned, oh gosh, I, it was so random but not random now, but I was a matchmaker, you know, so I would introduce people romantically or I was a, um, a membership manager and a membership director and a community organizer at all of these huge, fascinating brands, whether it was in the wellness space or the creative space or the co-working space. And all of these, all of these companies took up real estate kind of as this way to bring community together which I thought was beautiful. And I also thought wasn't nearly as accessible as I would love for it to be. I wanted more people and particularly women when Quilt came, came to me and my business partner four or five years ago, what would it look like for mass accessibility to something that is so special and so unique? So the thought really then was, well, technology seems to be the answer, but technology is the opposite of the thing we're saying that we want to do. So how do we, how do we like combine these, these kind of two concepts? And what we came up with, you know, we're headquartered in LA, we look around, there's a lot of empty space, there's a lot of homes here. And we thought maybe technology can just inspire women to open up the spaces that they already have to create these community experiences that, you know, right now, arguably the top one or 10% really have access to. Mm. So that is what Quilt does. We are a platform that sparks communities. We're neighborhood by neighborhood. And women kind of rise as leaders and create community experiences on causes and topics and activities that they really care about in order to invite in women that live nearby and really, you know, reconnect us uh, in a way that we believe is just so critical, especially right now. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you could give some examples of how it works, get a, a more concrete idea of this. What would be an example of a specific event, maybe the topic, and then how people physically come together for it? Yeah. So um, some of our most popular topics have been on money, have been on leadership, have been on desire or identity, have been on interracial friendships, spirituality. And all of our gatherings are interactive. They're conversation-based. So they're not panels, you know, they're not talks. Every woman that comes is a participant to the extent she doesn't have to, you know, stand up in front of all of these women and, and speak for five minutes, but everyone has this opportunity. It's the wisdom of the room that comes together. So a leader will post a gathering, you know, put it on our calendar in our app that we have on iOS. And then the community has an opportunity to book it. Similar like booking an event, you can go and you can book. She can set the, the time. She can set the date. She can set for how many. So it can be anywhere from two women coming together to 20 women coming together. Sometimes we have even larger gatherings. And then, yeah, you, um, you kind of come to a, a stranger's home who doesn't feel like a stranger moments later. 
and participate, you know, and, and typically it's a, a round circle discussion where everyone's asked specific questions and they set kind of the community guidelines and the container for that conversation. And then afterwards, what's great about our app and why we really wanted to link online and offline so that women can be really, really present when they come offline, can make eye contact and really meet one another. The app will upload all the connections that you just made kind of by gathering that you've been to. So you can go deeper in group thread or one-on-one messaging or having coffees afterwards. So you don't have to have that awkward, what's your name? What do you do? What's your phone number? The the app really takes care of all of the social awkward networking things that we have learn to love to hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, I have so many questions about it and in part to help people who are listening and watching to understand how they can get involved and, and take advantage of this. One of them is, you know, you said to start that there's a lot of people who just don't have access to the spaces that would be needed for this. When you said that someone posts an event, just to be clear, is that person necessarily providing the space or they're providing the topic and someone else could provide the space? We matchmake, you know, so there are a lot of women in our community who have a home, but maybe aren't, aren't the one who wants to lead the conversation. That said, leading the conversation, we've designed the topics, the discussion guides, like we've really made it, you know, it's not to, it's not like you have to be this facilitator, you know, you have to be skilled in 10 years and 10,000 hours. And, you know, we really wanted to make, again, the, the power of using your voice very accessible for women, but you can have a, a home and you can be a separate person who wants to facilitate. We've also inspired by the community, we've started doing walks or hikes or in parks or local coffee shops. And we've partnered with, you know, brands and stores, female owned brands and stores up and down Sunset in, in L.A., So we never want space to inhibit anyone from being very excited about leading a gathering. Um, So we'll always work closely in helping with that. It's really great. It's making me think, like I lived in a suburb outside of Boston for a while that shall remain nameless, you know, and one of the things that was frustrating to me about it was a lot of great people, but very little of what felt like public space, you know, where people could gather All the gatherings seem to be in people's private homes, churches or other places of worship, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very limited in that regard. And there certainly were, if you were meeting in someone's home, it was because you were their friend, you knew them, they invited you. You What you're creating is, and maybe you're already thinking about, it seems like it doesn't fit cleanly into public versus private. It's trying to mix the two together in a way that works best for people and using technology to help facilitate that. A public space could become private for a certain purpose for a certain time or vice versa. It's like you're making someone's home be semi-public in a structured way that's also safe and comfortable for everyone involved. I mean, I so appreciate you having the insight to that so quickly because yes, I became obsessed with third place, you know, third homes, third places, at the beginning of, of launching this and kind of our need, it's like we have home, we have work, but really that place where we constantly go to feel safe and that we belong in community. So that, you know, you identifying that definitely means a lot to me. And I also think, you know, especially in LA, but 
it can feel like exclusive when you're invited to a dinner party at someone's home. Like, oh, I'm going to a dinner party, you know, or way back when, oh, I'm going to a Tupperware or a Mary Kay party, you know, or there's this PTA gathering. Are you in or are you not in? You know, historically, like women gather, but what does it look like to always feel welcome? Just like when and where you want to. And if you want to be in a home, if you want to be at a reservoir walking, if you want to be at the local coffee shop, but just knowing that it's there, I think that that really calms down our brains in a way to know it's always available and that you're mm. always welcome. That's not something that I think particularly in the, in the United States, I think we've had a lot of isolation and separation and individuality and working on ourselves and not constantly feeling connected when we want to be, not overly connected. I think there needs to be consent and respect and boundaries to our desire for personal space. But just to know it's always there for you, I love. Oh, great. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, I'm sure there's been a lot of thought that you put into this balancing. I don't know if you've experimented with different ways of how should I put it, helping provide some structure and guidance to these kinds of meetings while also letting people bring themselves to it and letting it be free and open. There's got to be some tension, balance, but also ways in which those things mutually support each other. My philosophy on community is it's not walls up. You're not creating, again, why we didn't take over physical space. You put up a wall and all of a sudden it's like in versus out. You know, it's around guidelines. It's around, you know, for us, the need for reciprocity within the community and participation, this need to lead with vulnerability, this need to be welcoming, this need to just have fun. You know, we're all going through stuff, but also just like have fun together. So we've been able to set really high, those are examples of really high level community guidelines that QUILT stands for. So you know when you're joining, like this is a thing that you also believe in, you want to show up in that way too. And we can hold each other accountable to those things. And then we really created the conversation structure. So things like it's interactive, asking questions, not telling somebody or giving somebody advice, you know, not talking over someone, not dominating a conversation. When you veer into that land, that's a different type of event. And there's plenty of those out there and they serve a massive purpose. But for us, we're really, it's, it's about a little less about the, the leader and the ego of one person's thoughts and more about the wisdom of the room. So we've created this framework. I think I, I've personally written maybe 50 of these topic discussions that women can go in and pull from a, a host, host portal. But I loved how, how everyone's kind of made it their own, right? So there's one on Monday Haley, she's a brilliant chef and a founder of a company, and she's doing a cook and chat. So they're cooking together. By no means, (laughs) I didn't create that framework. (laughs) She can feed me. But also then pulling a a discussion. So when they're sitting around a dinner table, they're going to use a discussion guide. So I've loved to see like how these have evolved over time with just using the, the framework that we put in place a couple of years ago. It's been really beautiful. Yeah, that's got to be amazing. Is there anything else that's maybe surprised you about how these have developed organically in a way maybe you didn't design or expect? I'm sure that's going to continue to happen over time. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that they're also not happening out of a home right now, you know, in the beginning, I really felt like this was a, a principle for us that was not going to be swayed. Like you need to, you need to feel safe. And that was just something for me and the community was like, but we love walking. Like we want to walk together. We want to talk together. We want to play together. 
So like a, a group of women went um, down to, did a distillery night and they brought their husbands and their partners, you know, men coming into the platform and participating. And now we have coupled chats, you know, where each person is bringing their partner and they're using kind of our deep conversation framework with their partners in space and inviting men in, which I absolutely love. We are for everyone. This has just happened to have sparked really for women initially. So that, that's been definitely really fun. And we've also, you know, we've also been able to partner with brands that we really love and support other female focused brands that are kind of also reimagining the way we do things. Some of our gatherings have turned into something that's now called a house party, which definitely leans a little more into the, the fun and playful and celebratory side of things, because we want to do that too. And like, when was the last time you got invited to a house party, yeah. right? It's like the dinner party, the house party, family dinner, game nights, you know, really these classic experiences that we've loved and we just potentially have stopped doing. So it continues for me, as long as there's wonderful conversation and it's super inclusive, I'm so happy with however that takes form. Yeah, that's great. And I, I assume that most people coming to these gatherings, at least the first time are coming uh, with people they don't know. I assume no one knows anyone no one knows and I don't anyone. want to. Yeah. It's so interesting. I'm like bring a friend. They're like, no, I'm coming. This is, I'm doing this for me, you know, and I want to meet new people. And I'm like, okay, great. And then afterwards they're like, I have to tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but they come, one of our sayings is, you know, they come, come as strangers leave as not just friends, but like best friends. And yeah. we can do that within an hour of talking. Yeah. That's what I was curious about. Also, I assume that, I mean, it would just make sense that people end up forming some real friendships and relationships out of these meetings. Yes. Yeah. I mean, deep friendships, travel buddies, co-founders, clients, you know, that's my matchmaking background can't quite help a, a strong desire to just like connect people constantly. And that's really like for, you know, the like the roadmap or product roadmap, we're continuing to think in those ways, how the technology can be thoughtfully connecting you, not like bombarding you with endless array of options and swipe, swiping and all the things, right, right. but a thoughtfulness to how we come together and what we need and when we need it. Because I think at every stage in our lives, you know, I often get asked the question, well, what if they meet their friend and then they leave, you know? And, and I think if you really build a community around belonging, where there's a group of people that will constantly, no matter what stage of life you're going through, see you and accept you, I change every week. I change every hour right now as a, as a startup founder in the tech space, you know? So right now I might need a friend in this moment, but tomorrow I might need a mentor or just somebody to talk to for five minutes about their experience raising capital or, you know, two years from now, I might need a conversation about like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to have children or I'm going to get pregnant or any of these things, like you need to connect with people. So it's, it's endless, I think. Yeah. And you know, it sounds like you're talking about a mindset of using technology in the service of helping people connect in the real space. I wonder if there have been you know, requests from people to have uh, more technology, beef up the app, head in that direction, and whether it raises any concerns about you know, the, the, the motivation for this, which is to just really mainly use technology as a facilitator for, for in-person connection. And I wonder if there's been any challenges with that. Yeah, you know, originally we didn't have any community features. In 2019, we really shifted from a marketplace, a web app marketplace, one-off booking, 
to launching iOS with community features as a subscription. So there's free membership to $19 a month membership. That was really through listening to the community, you know, and, and I realized that while I'm ready to come offline and deeply connect with anyone who wants to, <laughs> that not everybody is there and that that's terrifying. And if I was really thinking about like women, the visual, I'm very visual. The visual I had in my mind was like women falling asleep or waking up. And the first thing they do is they go for their phone and they go to Instagram or they go to, I don't know, Tinder or, or you know, some type of connection app that isn't necessarily built to like fill you up and give you the confidence and excitement that can lead to comparison or rejection or these feelings. I was like, you know, I really want Quilt to replace that action. I want you to pick your phone up, dive into a conversation, see that there's like women having coffee right now down the street before you go to work, but also be able, if you can't do that, like you can't come offline every day. And I think that our app the real estate that so many of our wonderful brand neighbors have taken up. It's playing that role. It's meant to be, it's meant to kind of create synchronicity. And if you need support in a moment and you can get that support by sending a message or reading a post and knowing you could show up, I don't think it's, you know, it's definitely not my decision to decide if a woman wants to meet up one time a month or four days, four times a day. We have a member that went to four things yesterday. Wow. That's what she needs right now. And she's, you know, she just was so excited by the calendar, Yeah, you know, and I'm an introvert and I don't need that much, you know? So I think it's, I don't want to decide. And I don't think it's anybody's decision for the need. It's just, we can make conscious, humane choices and how we build features to not be so addictive that it pulls you away from the thing that's right in front of you. And that's what we're focused on. We're kind of constantly balancing. We, you don't see swipe right, swipe like th- that's not something you're going to see when yeah. you come into Quilt ever. Yeah, no, that answers my question. You know, it sounds like you're being very conscious about the features on the platform and how they might serve or disserve what your core mission is. If you have to stay, you have to stay true. <laughs> I also wonder. You know, we've seen with certain other platforms that shall remain nameless, mostly fully online (laughs) ones. There can be, let's say, uh, when people come together on their own freely, there can be conflicts, there can be negative interactions that arise between people, uh, just naturally on their own. I wonder if that's something you've had to deal with, and I assume as you grow, it just might be a natural outgrowth, not something that your platform has done necessarily, but that might occur. And, uh, you know, have there been events or just have you been giving thought to how you might help keep people feeling safe and welcome in the face of what just even might be this natural interactions among people as they're interacting with each other? Yeah. You know, I mean, we're human. I've only ever been in the business of like people, you know, like connecting people, throwing events for people, talking to people, we can stand for something really strong, which is not everyone's going to be your best friend. Like, but even if they annoy you, you can hold space for them. So I think that I see this as a spectrum, like, sure. That person over there, she did that thing that was annoying to you. Why? Like that I I have a little less capacity for, because I do think we could push ourselves Mm -hmm. to ask ourselves why we're so frustrated or annoyed by somebody around us and do a little um, internal reflection potentially. But that said, we have a very vocal 
community. And I love that. And, you know, because for us, you know, this idea of membership, I've constantly gone back and forth on kind of not wanting to charge women anything because it's community, but we really see them as community dues. And I think that these community dues give all of the women the excitement to kind of mediate. And we have leaders. I see community in in kind of concentric circles. So even in LA, we have a first core hundred women who really live and breathe and stand for quilt out in the real world. I I can't be at the hundred gatherings that are happening this month. Neither can my six person team. And so I think like we've been very thoughtful. We've grown very slowly, probably uh, to the detriment of, you know, some people's desires to want us to just go be everywhere. But I, you know, I don't think that, you know, if we allowed that to happen, we'd just become an open, cheap platform that wasn't really trying to shift a consciousness. And so it really is one gathering at a time and one conversation at a time. And it's only ever happened maybe once or twice when someone kind of acted maybe not in a a quilt way, not to utopian Mm -hmm. create here, but we've gotten emails, you know, and, and I'm very, um, I need to hear from more than one other person usually to red flag something, but I'm still the person that gets on the phone and has a conversation to check in. I mean, I would would suspect, you know, we think about what, what's gone wrong with social media. A lot of what contributes to the problem is the amplification effect the volume of people who are online, you know, to some extent, innate urge that people have to seek attention and the large number, the large audience they can get online. It strikes me that when you're getting people together in person in small groups, you have a lot of uh, forces there that won't one won't contribute to that seeking of attention from millions of people because there's not millions of people. And we all know that when you're interacting with someone face to face, you're just so much more likely to act in a way that's compassionate and humane to them when with yeah. them, you know, than, than when you're in these faceless online communities. Yeah, uh, I think there, I mean, there's situational awareness, there's, you know, social awareness, um, for sure. And I, I've, I've honestly seen women come into the community who maybe started off not having a whole lot of social awareness. And by going and constantly going into these talk circles, they do yeah. now which is beautiful women finding their voice and women kind of like, Oh, seeing what's going on around them and like adopting some of those behaviors has been super touching for me. Very beautiful. And I think right now is the rise of private vertical social networks. I think now is this time for it. There is a, you know, the, the rate in which people are deleting some of their social that yeah. names nameless I'll play your game nameless I, I can probably get away with saying it a little more you know like deleting accounts or setting yeah, goals yeah. to not go in something we have an onboarding process we collect information we review it and we accept yeah. you to come in because it is a safe space and it's not about blasting or doing something and we will kick you out we're not using your data to sell it's not an open platform that's we collect information so we can better match make you to a gathering that you want to go okay. to but, you know, it has, we don't collect, you know, for us, it has nothing to do with your influencer count or what you do for a living. We don't ask any of yeah, those questions, yeah, yeah. but it is very critical that Quilt is creating a safe environment. And I don't currently feel safe on any social network that exists. Mm-hmm. I don't feel safe on any dating app that exists. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel safe. 
right? So I think that, you know, we are thinking about those things every day and making decisions accordingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I'm just also thinking about, you know, in my own life and lives of many people I know, how few opportunities there are to just meet people in a group in a non, let's call it task-oriented setting, <laughs> you know, whether it's for business networking. Outcome-oriented. Yeah, you know. Just going for it. <laughs> right. I, I mean, there's lot, lots of, what do people do? Sports, business, various, lots of tasks and activities where you might be. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. And I know you said you have cooking and, and other, other events that maybe have some task-oriented nature to them. But it sounds like a lot of what you're offering is really the bring it down to the basics, just the opportunity to meet with people yeah. who you don't know and be with them. Think about how, you know. Imagine. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> I think about how sad it is. And I do this, I mean, I just go into a cafe, you know, where everyone is there physically together, but, physically, but isolated, <laughs> but still actually isolated. They're at a laptop or maybe with one other friend they're sitting with. And the way the environment is structured and plays out, it's not really a space for people to meet with and interact with each other face to face. I love, yeah, I love that you say that. One of our taglines is socializing is self-care. This idea that like socializing has become like, it, you're anxious, you have to do this thing, you have to get something from someone. It's like, so, you know, like what, in the first five minutes, I'm supposed to give you some, you know, just like, let's build some relationships here. Um, Human connection is so critical. Loneliness is on the rise, blah, blah, blah. I have a couple of uh, women on my team who have decided that a couple days out of the week, they're leaving the office, which I love. It's like, just get out. And they're just literally rocking up to coffee shops and sparking quilt chats. They were putting up a sign and just starting a conversation. And I'm like, how's that going? They're like, great. You know, getting app downloads thing. And I'm like, there you go. Cool. So I love that you just brought that example up. Yeah, that's great. I would imagine that some people are just shocked or don't know what to make of it. Totally. Yeah. They, they go towards the front, you know. No, but overall. And, and then and people that don't join, if they're sitting there working, will come up afterwards. They're like, what was that? Yeah, you know, everyone's like it's like we're aliens that's sitting around. Aliens have come down and decided to start talking with one another. This us humans. (laughs) Imagine. Yeah, that's. I mean, I grew up in New York in a time. It's probably it's probably still the same way now. But you know, when someone came up to you to chat, you you suspected they had something they were trying to get out of you. Oh yeah, (laughs) that it was a scam. (laughs) Well, as a woman, I feel like I'm either getting attacked or hit on, or you know, I mean, think about it. You know, I don't walk out in the streets after 6 p.m. Right. (laughs) You know, so the fact that we could just calm the nervous system down a little bit and it could just be like a delightful interaction, go on your way. That was so like we don't need to make it just be present. You know. Yeah, we could probably go on forever. One other thing that comes to mind when you talked about structuring the conversations or giving guidelines. You know, one, one thing I was just thinking of is uh, in making conversations non-task oriented. It was a few years ago when I first read the suggestion, you know, to not start every conversation with a new person I meet with, what do you do? And I, I still do it sometimes, but I try my best not to start with, you know, what do you do? And I'm sure that's in line with your philosophy, but could you give people maybe just a couple of examples of ways in which you try to give guidelines or I assume it's a fairly loose 
structure to not be too imposing, but to help facilitate these kinds of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Nobody knows what anyone does until the end of a quilt chat if they want to, because we provide five minutes to offer up an ask or a give okay. to the room. Okay. So the ask could be, you know, I am a graphic designer. I'm looking for clients so that you okay. can plug, you can choose to plug yourself if that's what you want to do. Um, and then they continue to connect afterwards. So we start with feelings. I think it's, I've gone through my own personal journey and kind of getting out of my head and connecting to my intuitive body and my heart and that whole world that has so much to say, but so much of us have just decided to not listen because of so many things that we've all gone through on this planet. So we have become quite known for an iteration on one question to get everyone started, which is one word or a phrase or sentence, usually a word to describe how you're feeling right now, to describe your relationship with money, to describe your relationship with your family. Like think about one word, you know, one word to describe 2019. That one was delightful. One word to describe what you want 2020 to be culminating into. Mm. Like one word, like and around a feeling or a hope or a desire. And so that is pretty much the first question that everything starts on is a feeling-based question. Everyone goes around, two people, 10 people, I've done it in a room with a hundred and we're just like, and then after that, there are questions that go deeper and deeper and deeper. And you can choose to participate beyond that, but everybody always participates in that one. And it just sets a tone in such a beautiful, simple and effective way. So every guide, all of them start that way. And now we have, you know, thousands of women running around LA asking other people how they're feeling. Mm. Like how nice. (laughs) Yeah, that's really nice. Really nice. It's uh, unfortunately rare. So just to uh, let people know, I'm sure a lot of people listening and watching are curious about how they can get involved. So what can people do? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. You can, hopefully you have iOS because that's what we have, but Android's coming. Um, So you can for free come and download the app and kind of quickly dive in. If you're interested in, you know, partnering or you have ideas or you just want to talk, um, you can also then email us at hello at wequilt.com and you can follow us. You can, you know, reach out. All of our handles are we are quilt. But really I think the step one is is downloading the app and we help you from there. We'll make sure that you end up in the right home or you open your home or you facilitate or we've got you from that point. So we've kept it pretty easy. Awesome. Awesome. Is it limited to the LA area or is it more broad than that? That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we've hosted gatherings in LA, San Francisco and New York, and there's been some kind of offshoots um, expanding beyond those regions. My hope is that if you don't live in one of those places, you do download and you get invited to fill out some information to help spark your city. And we're currently, or your town, I'm from a small town, so I'm all all about towns. So we're currently collecting that information to decide where we're going next. And if that is intriguing to you to hear more about that opportunity, by all means. But also we have, we do, until we get to your town or city, we have online groups and we've been, you know, we've been trying to provide some connection, some value to the women who have honestly signed up all over the world. So you won't, you won't be lost in the mix. That's great. That's great. 
And the app, uh, just so people know, it is called Quilt. And the website is wearequilt.com. Wearequilt.com. If you go into the app store, type in Quilt app. I love our name, but Quilt, you know, Quilt is a very popular, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> smart name out there. So, yeah, so Quilt app in the store. Um, but everything is wearequilt.com, handle. Fantastic. Well, this is great. I'm glad we got to share with people what you're doing, let them know how to get involved and to spread, spread the quilt and grow it. It's really been great, great talking to you and uh, really enjoyed having you on the technology for mindfulness podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really loved your questions. Oh, great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining us for this technology for mindfulness podcast with me, Robert Plotkin and today's guest, Ashley Sumner the CEO and co-founder of Quilt, an app that allows women anywhere to spark offline conversations that bring community together in a fun, safe, and intimate way. You can find out more about Ashley at wearequilt.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share the episode with your friends. And don't forget to also check out our blog at technologyformindfulness.com for information and tips about science, technology, and mindfulness. And sign up for our email list where you can receive a free meditation to help you manage any stress or anxiety you may experience when using technology. I'm Robert Plotkin, and I'll join you next time on the Technology for Mindfulness podcast with David Klein, the founder of America Offline an organization that helps kids to reconnect with each other and the world around them through sports and the arts.